0: How's it going everyone, welcome into another Tuesday edition of Final Whistle, I hope you all enjoyed your weekend. We had some big trade news that happened in the NFL as well as MLB, we'll break those two trades down as well as even discuss some big news that's happened in the college basketball and in the NBA. But Again welcome into Final Whistle, as always I'm your host Blaine Spencer. Let's first off with the trade in the NFL. Matthew Stafford and Jared Goff have flipped places. We're going to be seeing Jared Goff in Detroit. Matthew Stafford is going to the Los Angeles Rams. The full deal is Matt Stafford's going to LA. LA will be sending to Detroit Goff, a first rounder for this year, a first rounder next year, as well as a third rounder. Let's, let's break it in. What do we see here? you got to remember, Jared Goff just a year and a half ago was paid $100 million. And Sean McVay went into the front office and said, pay the man. We can win with him. He also took the Los Angeles Rams to a Super Bowl. But in a city like Los Angeles, it's a very tough market. And you have the Lakers as well as the Dodgers that have both won championships. Back in 2020, you have to understand that there's a very small room for error. And they don't want to be second fiddle to those clubs. So you go out. Matthew Stafford didn't want to be in another rebuild in Detroit, and you pay what you pay him as much as you, they could to get what they wanted. You bring in Matthew Stafford again; he's only 32 years of old. You're gonna really see now. He shouldn't have any issues. The only year that he had a top-10 defense, the team went 11 and 5 in Detroit. They ended up losing in the playoffs in the first in the wild card round, but still, he's only had a top-10 defense one year. And the Los Angeles Rams have a top 10 defense. You got a lot of skill pieces with Cam Akers, Malcolm Brown, Darrell Henderson, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Tyler Higbee. The list goes on. Van Jefferson, etc. The pressure now is so high on Matthew Stafford to be a difference. And now you have roughly a two to three year window to go win a Super Bowl. This is it. That's all you can say and this is down to Sean McVay. He again on, when this deal broke this weekend, he was the one that went into the front office and said, "Give them what they want. We want I want Matthew Stafford. We will be great if we have Matthew Stafford." Did I, they give away too much? I would say yes. And do you think the only reason the job got done because a member from the Rams front office is now the GM in Detroit? He knows what he's getting with Jared Goff. The head coach, Dan Campbell, the new aqua- from New Orleans. They like what they see in Jared Goff. I think it's a fresh start for Jared Goff because I don't know what's... Yes, he has struggled since they've been to the Super Bowl. You see the good and the bad with Jared. You're getting a mixed bag, so you don't know what you're going to get. But still, this is the opportunity for Jared Goff to turn around. And then you have two first-rounders and now a third-rounder on top of Goff. The Detroit Lions won this trade, if the unless the Rams win a Super Bowl, it's that simple to me. If the Rams go out and win a Super Bowl, they've done what they wanted. They have they have given away draft picks. They don't have a first rounder for the next eight years as a part of deals, uh, the Jalen Ramsey deal, etc. With Jacksonville, etc. Eight years without a first round draft pick. How insane is that to think? You will not be in the first round of the NFL Draft for eight seasons. So again, if Matthew Stafford does not bring Los Angeles and Sean McVay, do they not bring home a championship? It's going to be a huge blow-up. They'll probably clean house, get rid of the GM, the quarterback, as well as McVay. He'll be gone. It's that plain and simple. They need to be able to handle themselves and act accordingly to be able to make the correct decisions here. And if you don't win a Super Bowl, it's over in Los Angeles. And the Rams will be really in a world of hurt for the next 5 to 10 years. Because they will not have those draft picks to bring in kids. It's not kids, athletes, excuse me. But again, for Detroit, it's a fresh start for Jared Goff. You're going to have low expectations in the in the NFC North with a new head coach and a rebuild. That's how it's going to be. He's going to have probably this year and next year to le- figure it out. And then in year three, they better be able to be competitive and do something. Otherwise, it might be the end of Jared Goff's career as a starter anyway. He'll be moved to a bench. So Jared Goff, you have a fresh start. Nothing but the best for you, Detroit. You made a great steal. The GM, who's from the Rams front office again, he made that this trade because that he knows what he's getting in Jared Goff, Matthew Stafford, also preferred. Hey, I would love Los Angeles is my number one destination. They got the deal done. Only time will tell and see how this plays out. Let's let's discuss another major trade that happened. It wasn't in the NFL. It happened in Major League Baseball. Nolan Arenado, the third gold-gloving third baseman, is going to St. Louis. It's going to be a package of... A, it sounds like the package right now is going to be some prospects as well as a potential couple draft picks for Arenado. But I think this is really interesting that people are really discrediting the St. Louis Cardinals. Yes. Uh, is their starting rotation in bullpen not as strong as it used to be? Absolutely. But you pair Arenado and Goldsmith together... you've got a lethal combination in your lineup going 3-4 or 4-5 in the lineup. And I think Yadier Molina is going to be returning. You know He's going to be able to handle the pitchers he wants. He's going to be able to control the game from a catching standpoint as well as be able to have those critical moments and leadership in that locker room. I'm telling you, I think St. Louis has got a legitimate chance now to make a run. Will they, do they need a couple more pieces? Absolutely. They're going to need some help in their starting rotation and then probably a, a, either, a, I think, a lefty in the bullpen. But still, St. I love this Arenado deal for St. Louis. Colorado, They got the. I think they're going to end up losing the side of the deal from what I've been hearing. The full deal has not been released yet, but still. Colorado's not happy about it. But it got done. And I think St. Louis has got a real opportunity here. The Cardinals need to make, make a real push this season either to get to the championship series or the world series you got to make it a minimum to make it the nlcs as for colorado you're going to be starting over again it's been a real tough couple of years for them ever since they've made it to the nlcs a couple times uh, in the earlier on in the 2010s so another rebuild for colorado it doesn't help that the Dodgers and now the Padres are in your division. So that makes it really difficult for you. But again, St. Louis, you got to go out and win the NL Central this year. You've got a real opportunity and make it. You may not be a front runner yet, but you're a, at least a dark horse now to make it to the World Series out of the National League because of this trade. I know many people are saying, hey, not a chance for the Cardinals. Are you kidding me? Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt. Really? That's one of the best one-two punches that you can throw out there in, in baseball. So I think this is a real opportunity for St. Louis. I love the trade. I know Colorado's not happy with it, but that's how it is. So let's transition now to some big news that's been going on in the NCAA. Huge matchups tonight. We got some loads of matchups. Let's run through them for you. Number two Baylor goes to number six Texas. What a matchup that is! Texas, I know, is reeling a little. Uh, is coming off of a defeat to Oklahoma last week. Baylor Bears sixteen and zero. This is a real challenge. They're going on the road. I think this is the biggest test that they've had this year. We're gonna really see Scott Drew's team really think, force the issue here, and be a real difference maker defensively. And offensively. They're gonna be really balanced. I think they're gonna end up pulling out the victory here and end up coming out victorious and stay undefeated. Because it's them and Gonzaga at this point. And it's those two teams. I mean Gonzaga's up at the top. Then there's Baylor, but then there's everyone else. There's a huge margin from two to three in comparison to one to two. And I you may not see both of those teams in the final four, but I would be stunned if there, neither of them are there. Those, these two are in our class of their own right now. So, I love this. I would love that's a massive matchup tonight. five, five o'clock, seven o'clock Eastern. Excuse me, on ESPN. Another matchup: Michigan State, Iowa. Michigan State got romped this past weekend against Ohio State on the road. Again, they were coming off of COVID, but they have not looked right. And they're two games returning. Rutgers blew them out, and then Ohio State dominated them. Now they travel to number eight Iowa. You might see more of the same if I'm being completely honest. Uh, Michigan State's really struggling to guard. And they're really struggling to score. And they have been going through fits like this in the past couple years. Trying to figure out ways to put the ball in the basket. No Cassius Winston like they did last year as a a piece to bail them out at times. So who's going to step up? Aaron Henry? I don't think so. In my opinion. So we'll see there. Another important matchup. Illinois goes on the road to Indiana. Number 12, Illinois. Illinois coming off of that victory against Iowa this past weekend, this past Friday night, excuse me, beating Iowa. Another big challenge here. You're going on to the road to Bloomington. Indiana's. they may not be as good as they usually are, but they are still so brutal to play at home. Don't be surprised if you may see an upset here. That's at 9 o'clock Eastern on ESPN. Going to be a real interesting thought here to see what happens. Going around the rest of the league, uh, some big games that happened this past weekend. Uh, Bay- uh, not Baylor, Vill- number three Villanova took down Seton Hall, one by 10 on the road at the Prudential Center. I think it was a real stepping st- uh, Excuse me, not 10, 8, 80 to 72. It, the game really didn't look like it was out of control for Villanova. They're really finding their groove right now, they're at 11 and 1. I know they're right behind Baylor Gonzaga. I know that gap's a little bit bigger than people realize. But Villanova is peaking at the right time right now. They've just been coming off of their own issues with the COVID-19. But they are starting to roll. As for Seton Hall, I'm a Seton Hall alum. They're 9-8 and eight now. And they had two opportunities this week, last week, against Nova and Creighton. The Creighton one's going to really hurt, blowing a 16-point lead in the second half. But still... I'm not writing them off yet, but you have a lot to do the rest of the way. You're now against the wall. What are you going to do? You got to really run, almost run the ta- not run the table. But you have to come pretty close. You might be able to stretch one or two losses the rest of the way because now you do not have that signature win that you were really looking for. So Seton Hall's in a world of struggle. Oklahoma, kudos to them, especially on Saturday. What a week. You beat Texas, and you beat Alabama. The Alabama win, I think, is one of the best wins of the season for them. Two starters out due to COVID, and then you go out on win 66-61 against an Alabama team who had been rolling through the SEC in this SEC Big 12 Challenge. Davion Harmon, absolutely spectacular. 18 points. He really stepped up and carried the load, load for the Sooners. They really showed up defensively too, holding Alabama to 61 points, and Alabama had been rolling offensively. So kudos to them. Other big scores: Texas Tech rallies 76-71 on the road against LSU again. SEC Big 12 Challenge. Florida goes into Morgantown, upsets West Virginia. West Virginia, I'm really they're they're a mixed bag right now. You beat Texas Tech at the buzzer uh, last week, and then you really almost you lose to the Gators by five. Florida's been a, a mixed bag as well. They're 10-4, and four, but they go through lulls themselves. I think it's really interesting to see how much of, of a difference there is that's been going on. As for the ACC, storyline was the upset of Virginia Tech be, really dominating Virginia in that second half. Down 8 after the first, outscoring Virginia 44-22, to beating them 65-51. to and Virginia was pretty much, they had been unbeaten after losing to Gonzaga in the, uh, last month. And they were really just rolling through teams. The defense and offense was starting to click. And the Hokies really took it to them in the second half. Kive Aluma scored a career-high 29. He was 10 of 15 from the field, 7 of 8 from the free throw line. I think the Hokies are a real sleeper team to make a run at a potential a Sweet 16 or Elite 8 run. I really do. These guys are really starting to click. They're really good defensively. They're well coached. They understand what they need to do. And when you put up 44 points in a half on Virginia. is absolutely outstanding. So the Hokies really impressed me this weekend as well. Tennessee absolutely dominated Kansas. Kansas is really starting to reel a little bit. I believe that's their fourth loss in a row now. Let me just double-check that for you before I over-assume. So one, two, three. Yep, four in a row now for the Kansas Jayhawks. They have now fallen to 11-6. And Tennessee really bullied them around. Never trailed in the game, beating them by 19. Yves Pond scored 17. David McCormick was the only real bright spot for the Jayhawks with 17, 8 of 12 from the field. I think there's a real red flag here for the Jayhawks that they need to start figuring it out because they're really starting to struggle on the defensive side of the ball. And a lot to do with that is that they're getting really they're getting out-rebounded. Just look at the last couple... And excuse me, they haven't lost four in a row. They've lost four of their last five. They beat TCU. Uh in a close game. So excuse me. I'm sorry to all JLX fans out there. I misconstrued my point. But four out of the last five they've lost. So let's take a look now at the NBA. What's been going on in the NBA lately? I think one of the big storylines for me has been Anthony Edwards is starting to really showcase his ability. Again, Carl Anthony Towns has been out, but Anthony Edwards has gotten, has started has been immersed in the starting lineup. He's given the Timberwolves a little bit of a spark now. He's really showcased his ability as a potential scoring option, as a number two or number three option on that team. He scored he scored 23 in his second start, and he scored 19 in the first start. And he had I think he had 16 the other night. He's really starting to gel and find his groove in the NBA, and he's learning how to play team ball with around with his teammates. Given goes, etc. Anthony Edwards is starting to bloom in front of our eyes, so watch out. Other news in the NBA, which I have a real hot take, is that potentially the NBA now is pondering an All-Star game. That was announced today, that they're starting to look at an All-Star date. It's looking like it's going to be around March 7th. It's going to be the All-Star game in Atlanta and they're progressing towards a deal for that to be finalized. For me, why? Why are we doing that? Why are we putting the athletes in potential danger? Of I know it'll probably be a, an Atlanta bubble. They'll play it like a bubble, of course. But still, why even risk it? Why? It doesn't make any sense to me. The you are you've already restric- stricken the restrict uh, the restrictions have already gotten tighter. You basically tell them that they can't do anything to each other, with each other on the court anyway. So why would you do an all-star game and then really pretty much uh, say, oh, those rules are pretty much now out the table because we're in a bubble now. I think you're holding yourself to a double standard. Get it together, all right? The NBA, I think this is a joke here, in my opinion, and you really just need to eliminate it because I think you might actually see a lot of people opt out especially some of the big names. If 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 you want their if their family's not allowed to come, there will be immediate opt-outs from probably almost all of them. So you'll probably try and see them have make an excuse to bring their family in and more, but I just don't understand what's the point. I really don't. It makes absolutely no sense to me. But who am I? I'm just a I'm just a sports journalist, so what do we know? Right? But still, again, NBA, that's a real interesting story. Keep your eyes out. The NBA and NBA PA are really starting to get get serious, and they've already targeted dates. They're going to have the skills challenges and all that too, immersed into the All-Star Weekend. So they're trying to really bring in the entire Feng Shui. But I really want to know, how much is it about this, the money? How much is it about bringing in that revenue? Because All-Star Weekend brings in a lot of revenue, even if you don't have fans because of the TV rights, etc. But I don't know if it's its only going to be a one night thing. But I just don't understand what's even the point. Because you're going to have to have them go through all the testing. They're not really going to get that vacation that they really want. Because they're going to have to be in Atlanta for so many nights to get that done. But who knows. But that's one of the bigger things that's happening. So look out for that. And again, it's Super Bowl week. Sunday, massive game with the Chiefs and uh, Buccaneers. Tom Brady came out yesterday and said he's going to play potentially past his 45th birthday. He said in his press, presser, eh, who knows? It's just going to be based off how I'm feeling. I could easily play past if I'm 45, but I'm just going to know if when I'm ready. So even if he wins this weekend, it doesn't seem like he's going to be retired. I would suggest... Pull a Peyton Manning and go out on top. But again, who knows to see what we're going to see there. So real interesting things. On Friday, I'm going to have the football therapist, Pat Sweeney, on. We're going to break down every position group from offense, defense, special teams, coaching. Who's going to have the edges, the advantage and disadvantages there. So look out for that on Friday. I want to thank you for tuning in again this week we're going to try and remember we're always going to keep trying to bring out more content. So, if you if you have any advice or if you have any ideas, always reach out to the Final Whistle on social media, either on Facebook, you can use my personal Twitter and as well as on Instagram or even comment in the YouTube section. Enjoy the rest of your week, everyone. It's going to be a fun-filled week, Super Bowl week. Remember on Friday I'm going to have a full Super Bowl breakdown. Enjoy your week.